Hey everybody and welcome to the Kickabout. The World Cup is off and running and so are England. I'm your host Chris. And I'm Dan. everyone and welcome to episode 106 of the kickabout podcast once again no pete mm. it's getting a bit out of hand this is not handing out fines i think <laughs> uh yeah pete unfortunately had another uh, sort of family thing that he uh, he needed to attend to so yeah fingers crossed he'll be back uh for next week um a little bit of a forward alert as well or two forward alerts one is um, final reminder on our quiz night that we're running that is happening tonight bearing in mind when this episode will go live uh, on the Tuesday the 22nd of November at 8 o'clock at the Woodlock pub in Borden so if you're a listener of the area and you fancy coming along get yourself a team maximum of six two pound a head and come and have a little bit of fun with us um, and next Tuesday when England play Wales um, hopefully by that point England will already be through but we are going to live stream a watch along of the game um, and we will then be recording the podcast straight away after. And we're hopeful, or I'm hopeful that I can make it work so that not only do we record the podcast separately, but we actually keep the live stream on and have effectively a live podcast, live reaction, if you like, to the England game mm. um, that you can watch along as well. So, yeah, keep an eye on that. Social media will be all over that, of course. Um, and, yeah, I guess we uh, we move on then into the rest of the show and we start with this. Down the stat, man. But England recorded their biggest ever victory in their opening match at a major tournament, World Cup slash Euros, and scored six goals in a major tournament game for only the second time in their history. Also doing so against who? Pretty sure I know this one. You should know. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. Well, we'll obviously we'll pick up that at the end of the show. But I think that one will be one of the easier ones that you've given me. Um, he says hopefully that I've got the mm. right answer. But let's talk about England. Let's get straight into it because it was quite refreshing. It was unexpected. Yeah. Um, I think we were all maybe typically. In a typically British way, we were. I think the Nations League probably didn't help. Yeah, the form going into the tournament was poor. the The general feeling with the England team was poor. The negativity was was growing as it tends to do quite quickly with football fans, especially mm. English fans. Um, so uh, you know how much how much good has has today's performance done? Yeah, I think it's. Well, I've, I think everyone starts to get into the mood when like. Uh, one of the games are actually starting. Like, yeah. I mean, even pre-tournament, I was a bit like, oh, I don't really fancy our chances. I, I think I said on the podcast last time, I was going to be like flip-flopping right up until the uh, the game actually starts. And then yeah. I'm full in the zone, like supporting. <laughs> You're fully on board. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, obviously it all started with the starting lineup in that surprisingly, I mean, there were some rumours flying around beforehand that he was going to move away from the five at the back mm. that he traditionally uses. Now, whether or not that's a flash in the pan because of the opposition that we were playing, but nevertheless, we've seen finally the evidence, and hopefully Southgate has recognised the evidence yeah. of what happens when you take the leash off a little bit. Yeah. Um, and we, it was a really good attacking display. Yeah, it was. Um, and there was it like four or five different goal scorers as well. Yeah, they were. And it, I wouldn't, 
you know, every goal felt like we worked for it mm. to, or, or to a degree, um, you know, whether it was a really good move or whether it was an individually cracking piece of skill, you know, like Saka's shot. Yes, it was a little bit deflected and it fell to him kindly, but he still had a lot to do and the technique to, to get over the ball and keep it down was, was immense. Goal. St- I think Sterling's goal has actually gone under the radar a bit. Mm. I, I would argue that was one of the best. The, the, the technique involved, especially of a player who's, you know, let's be honest, in as poor form as he yeah, is for club. Yeah. But he, Sterling's always been like that, hasn't he? Like, he I mean, turns up for his country. I mean, this is the conversation that we have all the time, right? Especially when we're picking teams for major Euros. If you're picking on club form alone, Sterling shouldn't be anywhere near that squad. No. But he has shown yet again. Well, I mean, I would say that Harry Maguire is yep. another one. Club form, shocking. But international form, he's, I mean, he nearly scored against um, Iran. Yeah. Um, so, And even you can maybe even say Pickford as well. He can be quite dodgy for Everton. But for England, I've never really doubted him. No, that's, that's absolutely true. So, but yeah, I mean, for him to to do what he did on the, vo- on the volley with the outside of his foot with both feet off the ground... Mm. Um, with the ball coming at him at a fair pace as well. Great from, ball as well from, from Kane. Yeah, instinctive, yeah. sort of round the yeah. corner. Um, and I think maybe we find it, do we finally have to admit, and maybe this goes more for us than maybe other people, do you finally <laughs> have to admit that sometimes club form doesn't always come into it. If a player's got quality and he things just kind of click for him in the England setup, that you can pick based on international form alone and club form doesn't come into it. Yeah, I... Th- I just think it's potentially sets a dangerous precedent for precedents. Yeah, precedent, yeah. For players that are trying to get into the, you know, like the England team and stuff, almost saying that it doesn't matter how we play, I'm going to pick this player because I know that he's good for England. I mean, Harry Maguire yeah. being the, the very, I mean, the very obvious like example. Tamori missing out because of Harry Maguire, etc. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there were, uh, we'll talk about the positives, we'll talk about some of the individuals in a minute, but let's just talk about the opposition and, and how we defended. Now, I think I was very much guilty of this. I assumed that Iran were going to be a really poor side and be mm. a pushover. Now, obviously, in the end, they were, but that was more down to how well we played. Yeah. But they're actually ranked 20th in the world. And they topped their group, which had, I mean, it didn't. It wasn't a particularly difficult group, but they had South Korea and... I mean, South Korea aren't pushover. They're no. not Germany out of the World Cup. No, exactly. Um, so, you know, and this is the highest ranked group in the entire tournament. Yeah, um, which I didn't know. Which is know. crazy that every, every team in our, in our group is 20th or lower. So in the I couldn't call the second spot. I think we should go, well, definitely go through in my opinion. We should definitely top the group as well. But I couldn't call that of USA, Iran and Wales who come second. No, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, defensively, if we talk about Iran, defensively, there was a few moments that just almost served as a bit of a reminder as to why Southgate often is quite pessimistic Mm. because, you know, Maguire left his man uh, for the goal. He had no idea where he was. Um, And the second goal was... Um, it was a penalty I mean you know there were other instances before that where we looked at sixes and sevens at times the penalty was never a fucking penalty no. in a million years if if you're not giving the one on Maguire in the first half you cannot give that one no. it was a ridiculous decision but yeah I mean we set up obviously with the two in front Rice was very disciplined you know his his role was, was clear to mm. see whereas Bellingham was a bit more of a box to box type Bellingham of was very good He's, he is 19 years what were you doing at 19 years old <laughs> fucking hell not playing for my international <laughs> international country um, I mean yeah he I don't think it's too far-fetched to say the potential of that player yeah. is astonishing um, the confidence in him he's, he reminds me do you know like a, a bit of a throwback midfield I think somebody said it in commentary as well 
he reminds me a little bit of Patrick Vieira. Mm. He's just got the ability to kind of do it all. Yeah. You know, he can do yeah. the dirty side of the game. He loves a challenge. Yeah. Um, he's good in the air. He, you know, took his he's heady goal really well. Player, isn't he? yeah, yeah, he's he's agile. Um, he can, you know, he's got amazing amounts of stamina to get up and down the pitch, and he reads the game so mm. damn well as well. Uh, you know, we, we Calvin Phillips and Rice struck up a really good partnership in the last um, Euros. Yeah. But it always felt like they were a little bit too similar. Mm. And it almost was like a Gerard Lampard type situation. But for me, Rice and Bellingham look like they complement each other really, really well. Yeah. Because Rice will happily let Bellingham go and be free. Yeah. And Rice will do the the more boring side of the game. I didn't really notice Rice too much during that game, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, because he was just doing the boring stuff. Yeah, as you say. So, yeah, I think um, if we talk about the more positive side of it, because, you know, we have had... A difficult run up to this to this tournament. We've been fairly negative about Southgate, about the players, about the selections, etc. Um, and you have to give credit where credit's due. Southgate is now the most successful manager from a from a wins point of view at a major tournament of any England manager in in history. Mm. He's got nine wins now at major tournaments, which is more than anyone else. Um, I'm not sure which manager he took over. I didn't see that part of the stat. Did you no, see it? Um... Yeah, I think it did say actually. Is it Bobby Robson by any chance? I don't think so. Or was it somebody of of older? Someone like maybe um. Yeah, I think Alf Ramsey, yeah, someone like that. Older, yeah. Alf Ramsey. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, I think we have to give credit where credit's due. Um. I mean, I guess what what impressed you the most about England today as a unit? Just the uh, uh, what would you call it? Um. The put into the sword. Yeah. Like we didn't just score one or two goals and then just sit back and defend. Like we, that's what I feel like where we've gone wrong in the past, like especially against Croatia um, in the semi final when we went 1 0 up really early. I felt like we just sat back and tried to defend the 1 0 lead the entire game and it backfired. And exactly the same against Italy. We scored in like the third minute and then it just felt like we just sat back and tried to defend this 1 0 lead for almost 90 minutes. Yeah. Whereas in this game, I guess there's not as much pressure to do that and the team you're playing aren't as good as those teams before. But we almost went all out attack, it felt like, because we just wanted to score as many goals as possible. Yeah, I mean, and Iran set up in a very defensive way as we probably expected them to. I felt we started the game a little bit slow, but at the same time, you know, I felt I always felt like the energy was there. Mm. Like we, were, we were pushing the ball around one and two touch stuff. It's just that we couldn't really break them down. And then, of course, we had the... Um, the very long stoppage, um, which, by the way, was a disgrace that that goalie was allowed to continue. Yeah, it makes such a mockery, and all the commentators are saying so. It makes such a mockery mm. of the concussion protocols that they're trying to bring in that they keep banging on about. You know, you you can't try and enforce on upon the world to not head a football and take heading out of the game mm. when you've got injuries like that and collisions like that, and then you're going to allow the goalie to continue. It's, it's so stupid. Um, it was so dangerous. clear that he wasn't all right as well. I mean, he looked like, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't paying too much attention to what he looked like visually, but he looked like his nose yeah. was yeah, huge. I like He looked like he'd gone 10 rounds with Tyson. Yeah. And he um, looked really spaced out. Yeah, he didn't look right at all. And sure enough, he took like one goal kick mm. and, and then, then fell to the floor. And then yeah. fell and basically collapsed to the floor. Mm. Um, I, I think more needs to be made of these situations. Mm. And, and I think Alan Shearer mentioned that apparently there is now a, a sort of independent medical advisor who sits in the stands, who's able to watch replays and provide 
sort of guidance and also uh, advice <coughs> to the people on the pitch, to the medics on the pitch. And like, what is he fucking doing at that point? Yeah. He's seen the replay. I mean, it was a quite a sickening collision. Mm. And I also don't agree with whoever the TV um, producers are why they had to show it about seven fucking times. Like, mm. we get it. They smashed heads together. We don't need to keep seeing it. So... Yeah, well, it, it, usually at these tournaments, it's all like a Qatari feed and then they dish it out to yes, all the different broadcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I did I did find it weird that they showed that, but there was a, there was an injury uh, to an England player, I think, something later on, which they basically just didn't show. Mm. They didn't show a, a highlight of it at all. So, yeah, that was odd. Um, but anyway, back, back to the... Um, Back to the game. Yeah, I, f- I felt like England did start well. Obviously, they had to then regroup after that. Um, the injury, which obviously took a long time to, to to sort across the two instances. But I always felt like we were pushing it around well. And I thought once we got that first goal, I I really was quite impressed with how we played because every time mm-hmm. we won the ball, you, there was this almost like someone flicking a switch yeah. and everybody was like trying to press. Everyone was trying to push the ball up and get on the counter. And I thought, I thought we were brilliant. I yeah. really did. Um, yeah. I thought it was a really exciting performance. The key now is, was that a flash in the pan? Yeah, well, the next game, I imagine, will be a lot more challenging against the US. Um, good for us that they drew with Wales. Yeah, in I terms think it's a good the table, I, th- I think if we win our if we win our game against the US, that's us top of the group, really. Now. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've obviously been crying out as England fans for uh, Southgate to sort of take the shackles off a little bit and let the players loose. We know we've got, as we discussed before, probably one of the best attacking mm. lineups in the entire tournament. There aren't many teams who can boast a better all-round attacking lineup than what we've got. I was really pleased to see Callum Wilson get a game as well. Yeah, um, he was so unselfish oh, as well. I don't think anyone at five-one. I think it was at the time. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have blamed him for taking well, that shot. Even Gary Lineker and I think it was Alan Shearer said they would have shot there. They wouldn't have passed it. Yeah, so fair play to him. Good, uh, <laughs> clearly a good team ethic and a team mm. ethos there. So, yeah, just all round very, very good. Um, I thought there was a couple of standout performances. I thought Bellingham was just outstanding Bellingham, again. I thought Saka was really good, not just because of the goals he scored, but he just looked a threat the entire game. He's just so positive. And Rashford yeah, as well. I was about to say, Rashford coming off the bench and scoring straight away. Um, really well taken goal. But that's one thing I was saying at, at my mate's house, that I think we've got really good squad depth. You know, there's a lot of players we can bring off the bench. Mm. I think our just major flaw is defensively because when Eric Dyer was coming on, I was a bit like, Ugh. yeah, I, I, I'm not as worried about Dyer as I used to be. I am. Uh, <laughs> um, I feel like he has improved a centre. Don't get me wrong, I'm still not massively comfortable with him. I might have been tempted to bring Connor Cody on. I would have personally brought Connor Cody on over Dyer. Yeah, because you know what you're getting from mm. Dyer, so use the opportunity to give some players some more tournament experience, especially yeah. as I don't think Cody played a minute at the Euros. No. So maybe that was the opportunity to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the players we brought off the bench today, you know, you're bringing Foden, Grealish and Wilson mm. off the bench. That's, you know, again, there aren't many teams who can bring those sorts of yeah. quality players off the bench. <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought Bellingham was 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 brilliant. I actually thought Harry Kane, what did you, what did you make of Harry Kane today? Um, I was a bit gutted he didn't score because I had him to score in my bet. <laughs> but... I mean, I'm surprised he didn't score. Especially, well, I think obviously if we'd have got that penalty, he notches up a lot of penalties in the old tournaments, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's also, was it two goals away from the all-time record? Mm. Um, But I actually felt like his performance 
was actually really it, good. I mean, um, obviously the the cross for Sterling was really good. Yeah, and the there was a bit where he flicked the ball through for Sterling. Sterling yes, that was really got good. The ball caught under his feet and got tackled. But... I think he did. He not also lay on the assist for Saka's goal. I'm pretty sure the ball came out to him and he out muscled somebody. Brought the ball down with an amazing first touch. Rolled it to yeah, Saka, who then sort of remember. did his thing, came mm. inside and, and scored. But he does tend to play that playmaker role quite often, Harry Kane, especially for England. I'd notice he drops deep so often. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, that appears to be more and more the way that he wants to play. Mm. Like That seems to be like the way his game is going. Yeah. And I feel like if you're going to let him do that, which is fine because he is bloody good at it. You know, He's got an amazing really range of passing. Really started to do that, like drop deep and collect the ball and stuff. So, But I think this is where it's really important to have players who can really turn them around. Yeah. Saka, Rashford, yeah, players Sterling. Around, yeah. yeah, you've got to have those players around who are willing to do that running mm. that you're not going to do. Yeah. Um, but and also when Wilson... Right, sorry about that interruption. I had to go and sort the kids out quickly. Um, yeah, as I was saying, Wilson coming on as well with for, for Kane. Mm. I've spoken about this before, how I see him as a bit of a plan B. And you saw evidence of that with Grealish's goal. Yeah. You know, Kane is not going to make that run. Kane will be yeah. the one playing that pass through. Mm. So he does give you that other dimension. Yeah, he's an alternative option. Mm. So I guess Southgate was able to rotate players a little bit, which is which is amazing. Um, do you would you make any changes going into the no the I'd USA go exactly game? The same team again, I think. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to change in that team. I mean, the obviously the only question mark will be about Maguire. Yeah, um, I thought, you know, I thought he'd done all right, being as he hasn't really played any football recently. Um, I mean, I did think that the praise that he was seemingly getting, because it it, made, it felt like they were making a point, mm, constantly probably. calling his name out and praising him. Um, I do think you have to take into account the game in itself yeah. and how it was. Well, like, I think the only were. sort of real defending he had to do, he got caught out on. Mm. I mean, he if he if he'd have scored that goal, it was a cracking header. Mm. If he if that goes in, I think you know would have been interesting to see what his celebration was as well. Oh, I did say at the house, I was like, I bet he puts his fingers in. His hands. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he 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 looked okay. I mean, he didn't didn't do anything massively wrong. He did, did get caught out once or twice, um, but then you know, all defenders tend to I mean, get caught if out. If he's going to be our sort of first team centre back, we need him to be getting mu as much match practice leading into the bigger games as possible. So that's very true. But uh, yeah, he he did obviously come off. Um, was it about the hour mark or so? Yeah, whatever it was. It was an injury, wasn't it? It was well, a concussion as well. I think was it? it was concussion. Well, it was it was symptomatic <laughs> of a concussion. I don't know whether it was an actual concussion. It was just after the goal, mm. um, and he was complaining of double vision and stuff like I'm that. Surprised so. he came off worse. Old slabhead. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe he just got the double vision and the, the, the sick feeling because he'd kept a clean sheet for an hour. <laughs> I mean, he's not used to that. So, But no, uh, all in all, I think really, really positive. Um, we just pray now that, you know, whether this was by luck or by, you know, de deliberate act that Southgate has now seen what his team is mm. capable of when they can go forward and be let loose a little bit. So we, we well, can the just... US game is going to be a tougher test, so we'll see how we get on against them. Yeah, uh, although you know, I didn't think much of them tonight. From what I saw, they looked okay in spells. Yeah, um, but I think that we should have more than. Oh, enough. we should have more than enough quality to put them to the sword as well. Really, um, I'd love we... to knock out the Yanks as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, you know, it's, it's us and Wales that go through. Yeah, in an ideal world, um, so let's let's hope that come the game on 
when we, when we play <laughs> Wales that they're not reliant and needing a result out of mm. us in order for it to happen. I mean, if we beat US and Wales, it could potentially come down to goal difference with US and Wales on who comes second. And don't count Iran out of this. No, that's like, true. You know, they're, they're, they're still a decent outfit. The tr- mm. Their striker took his goal really, really well. He did, yeah. It was a really good goal. Um, so I think, that, I think they'll cause problems for USA and, and Wales. So... You know, and they're not top 20 in the world for, for no reason. No, that's true. So um, on that note, let's talk um, briefly about the other games that we've seen in the tournament so far. Yeah. So obviously we had the the opening night, um, Ecuador against Qatar, not really the... Boys against men, really. It was it? a bit, yeah. I mean, so did you say Qatar won the Asia Cup? Yeah, they Cup? won the Asia Cup. Mm. How? God knows. Have they bought their way to that as well? Yeah, I mean, Jesus were. Christ, they were, they were awful. Mm. Um, I mean, it, at one point, you know... It, it felt like the score could be pretty much anything that Ecuador wanted. Mm. I mean, they went 2-0 up. And I think they took the foot off the gas after they went 2-0 up. Yeah, they probably got a phone call from one of the Qatari Valencia officials. came off as well, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, he could have had a hat-trick. Yeah. Um, I think we're all very still very confused as to how that offside was given. Mm. Um, I don't think necessarily... For me, the confusion is around who actually touched the ball. Because if you look at the replays, it, you know... Clearly, the the sort of semi-automated technology that exists that allows that um, quick decision for an mm. offside now that we're seeing that may end up in the Premier League next season. Um, I think the question is, is that who touched the ball? Because if it looked to me like the goalie might have got yeah, it. Yeah. And if the goalie gets it, then it's not offside. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it was an interesting decision. Obviously, the uh, social media was full of... Uh, um, uh, sort of what do I call it um, conspiracy theories is the word I'm looking for mm-hmm. about the, the Qatari thing so but no I think um, Ecuador looked okay but I, they didn't need to look that great to be that Qatari side the no, goalie but... for Qatari looked like he'd never played football yeah, in his life he looks awful he just said sixes and sevens mm. everywhere didn't look comfortable coming Fucky out for the ball yeah. he was yeah absolutely but the other teams in that group Senegal and Holland I don't think they look like they're going to progress that far in the tournament. No, I mean, realistically, it was it was Senegal nil, Edouard Mendy too, really, mm. wasn't it? Um, it was not a good game of football. Holland are a really weird side because I feel like they've got this aura about them that they should always be a really good side and should always mm. be taken seriously. But I feel like actually, if you look at them player for player now, I think they're considerably far further away than where they yeah. were in well, previous it, World Cups. I found it weird they were playing a, a back five with Daily Blind left wing back. Mm. I feel like wing backs should be pacey players. Well, they got pace on the other side with Denzel Dumfries. Yeah, Dumfries are great. I, United were linked with him and I think Chelsea were linked with him in the summer. Yeah. But Daily, Daily Blind must be in his mid to late 30s now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we sold him when he was in his 30s. <laughs> yeah, I just, I look at that Holland side and I just don't, there's no, you know, if you think back in the days, you know, some of the players they've had, you know, the Burkamps, Cliverts, mm. Van Persies, there just doesn't seem to be Van any stand, Nistelroy. Van Nistelrooy, there just doesn't seem to be any standout players, Robin, Schneider. Yeah. You know, the list is quite long. Yeah. And now, I mean. <coughs> um, well, you'd, I mean, you'd probably say their talisman is like Depay. But he's, he's not a regular starter no. for them. Like, Frank Young. Yeah, I thought he was Van okay. Dyke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought Frankie De Jong, I mean, the ball he played in for... Um, in the first half, wasn't it? No, what the goal in the second oh, half. Oh, the goal. What's his name? The striker again? Gakpo. Gakpo, that's yeah. it. Um, I thought that ball in was sublime. Mm. Um, a little sort of a glimpse of his quality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel, I just don't know, you know, you look at the... Uh, who was the striker they took off? 
Uh, Janssen. Janssen, yeah. I really didn't rate him at all. He used to play for Spurs. I thought I'd recognise him from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was really poor. Um, And I just... I'm not convinced that they're going to score enough, that they're going to be enough of a threat to go that no. deep in this tournament. No. I think as soon as they come up against a bigger team... I mean, that game would have ended nil-nil if it hadn't been for Mendy. Yes, absolutely. And it was it was a game worthy of a nil-nil, frankly, yeah. because it was yeah. a dreadful game of football. It's, it was played at a really frantic pace. The first half was quite end-to-end. I thought Senegal were probably the better team. Mm. But it was a team in Netherlands who, you know, reasonably okay at the back in mm. terms of the players they've got, but not huge amounts up front. And Senegal were sort of stereotypical African side in yeah. the bundles of energy, loads of passion. Um, you know, they just keep running, keep fighting, but quality and decision-making at times was so bad. Yeah. You know, shooting when they should pass or pass when they should shoot, that sort of thing. Um, probably doesn't help that they don't have Sadio Mane. No, I think that's obviously a major miss for them, um, which is a shame. Um Another player that's not... I mean, Benzema, obviously, was yeah, a late pull-out. Benzema's missing out. First um, time a Ballon d'Or winner uh, hasn't played in a World Cup. Really? Yep. Son, I think, is missing all of Korea's group games, so he might not even play. Yeah, I mean, if South Korea don't get out of the group, then mm. that's him done. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not it's an odd one, but I feel, I feel like Senegal... That, um, that, that group is wide open, apart from Qatar. Yeah. I think Ecuador, Netherlands and Senegal, I think... Toss a coin. Worth saying as well that it's the first time a host nation hasn't won their opening game. I couldn't believe that when I heard that. Because, mm. you know, you think to some of the nations recently, you know, South Africa, South Korea. They beat France in they their did. first game. Yeah, well, that yeah. was the year that France really imploded. <laughs> that was the year that France imploded, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and it all kicked off and there was all those rumblings of the fights and whatever in the mm. camp. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then if we you know look at the, the other game in England's group tonight, the, the Wales-USA game. Um, I was surprised with Wales's team selection. Yeah, I thought they would start Kiefer Moore. <coughs> um, I thought that Dan James playing up front was, you know, it's, I know we give Dan James a hard time, but he's not an awful player. But he's not a player that I'd want leading the line. Mm. Um, in a, I wouldn't call it a must-win game, but certainly not a, you know, it's a must-not lose. Mm. Um, in 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 group football, you get three games. If you lose the first game, you're up against it, especially when you're not playing the strongest team in the group yeah. until the last game. So you, mm. you you really put the pressure on yourselves. So they managed to do that with the bail penalty. Um, but yeah, I f- and Wales looked so much more dangerous when Kiefer Moore was on the pitch. Did you see that he tweeted saying he couldn't wait to knock out, knock England out of the group stage? Who did, Kiefer Moore? Yeah. He I was born in Torquay. <laughs> and he played for England's C team. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's, 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 I'm all for the rivalries. I'm all for that that side of things. But I think you've got to be so careful when you tweet stuff mm. like that because the way now that they've only drawn this game, it very much they've could come down to, to... pretty much win their next two games. They have to beat Iran. They have to beat Iran. Um, and then they've got to hope that Iran do something against USA mm. um, or they've got to you know do something against us. Mm. Now, by that point, we may already be through, um, depending on how the results pan out. But if we if we need a win, then I mean, if we played like we did against Iran, Wales are not going to get much change no, out of England. No. Um, and I think on paper we should really dominate. And to be fair, with our defence, I fancy us against Kiefer Moore. Yeah, it would I'm, be more like a Dan James that I'd be worried about against like Harry Maguire. Yeah, stuff. somebody with really sharp movement mm. would worry me more than somebody who's just a big yoke. Yeah, um, you know when you've got Harry Maguire in there and John Stones. Yeah. Um, People like Dyer and Dyer loves mm. Edda, Connor Cody loves Edda as well. So I think we'd be more equipped 
to mm. deal with him than we would Dan James. I was speaking to Joe today as well, and apparently um, Reese James made a comment about Gareth Southgate. Really? Yeah, so apparently... What did he say? Mm. <laughs> so Reese James apparently said that he reckoned he'd be fit after the group stage. Right. Um, and he really wanted to go to the World Cup, and Gareth Southgate was like, I don't want to take the risk on any players that are injured. I just want to take fit players along with but me. But he took Carl Walker. Yeah, and then Reese James made a comment about that and sort of criticised Gareth Southgate. Yeah. I mean, the problem is is that Kyle Walker is another one of those players in, in the sort of Sterling and Maguire category, mm. isn't he? Um, I mean, you could argue the, the same... Friend circle. Yeah, you could argue the same about um, Calvin Phillips. And mm. I know he's fit, but is he match fit? No, absolutely no. not. Um, <laughs> so I do... Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd decision. I mean, if you don't want to take him, if you just say, look... I've got good options at right back. I've got a choice between Kyle Walker and yourself. Kyle Walker, I've had a load of experience with, so I'm going to trust him that he's going to be fitter earlier than you, and therefore I'm going to take him. That's fine, but don't just say, mm. I'm not taking you because you're injured when you're yeah. taking other people when they're injured. Um, I mean, say Reese James was fit and he went, do you think he got in ahead of Trippier? I think you'd, right now... I think Trippier's another one of these, like, in the trust circle of... He is, maybe not so much as Maguire, mm. you know, bearing in mind Trippier did have a spell out of the team did, under yeah. Southgate. But, but that's when he played abroad, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Southgate doesn't really like players that play abroad. No, which is odd. But, you know, Trippier is seen as a bit of a squad player, I think, with Southgate. He's he's happier to drop Trippier than he is any of those other players. Mm. And he will play Trippier in fullback positions yeah. as well, in, in both fullback positions, sorry. So, but I think on current form and the way Trippier has been playing, I think you'd be hard pressed to drop him for anybody yeah. right now, yeah. especially if he's going to have the first two or three games yeah. un almost uncontested. So, yeah, I, th I, th I thought Luke Shaw had done well as well. Yes. Yeah, I think he's very much, you know, we just got the assist for the Bellingham goal. Mm, make, need to make absolutely sure that he doesn't get injured. Yeah. Because yeah. we are light at left yeah, back if are. he gets injured. Um, so, yeah, I think all in all, really, really positive. Um, the World Cup in itself, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit more in the second half of the show about our feelings towards the World Cup and some of the things that have been said and some mm. of the things we've heard. Um, and we're also going to talk about the, the Ronaldo interview, mm. the bombshell interview that aired uh, towards the sort of latter end of last week. So, uh, yeah, do stick around. It's going to be a shorter episode this week, but do stick around and we'll be back <coughs> after this break. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do, first of all, we're going to talk, we're going to stay on the World Cup theme initially. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to talk about some of the things that we've seen and heard at the World Cup. Uh, we'll start with the news about the captain's armbands. Um, now, apparently there were nine teams, I think, right. who were going to wear the pride armband. One you know, love, I think. One love, yeah, yeah. In sort of a message of solidarity with um, the LGBTQ community and all of the, um, the various human rights issues that we've seen reported on in Qatar. FIFA turned round and basically said, you cannot do this. You cannot make it a political statement, mm. um, which is the biggest hypocrisy I've ever fucking heard coming from FIFA. Um, and basically said that if you wore this, <laughs> it would be treated in the same way as if you lifted up your shirt for a celebration, yeah. you would be yellow carded. So effectively 
your captains would be yellow carded before the game started. Mm. Unsurprisingly, this made everybody say, fine, we won't do it. Um, England took a knee instead. I don't know if this was instead of. I'm assuming it probably was. Yeah, I imagine so. Um, I mean, the, the, the problem I have with this from a from FIFA's point of view is that they, you can't keep telling us don't make football a political thing when you're giving places like Qatar the World Cup. Yeah. Um, if I mean, if you're not make if you don't want to make it political, don't give them the fucking tournament in the first yeah. place. Um, and also, don't do what Infantino did with his ridiculous, awful, absolutely awful. Um, well, not just that you talk about the speech at the game. Oh yeah. Well, the speech at the game was ridiculous, but also the interview that he gave over the weekend in. Uh, in response to some of the criticisms about oh, no, that's, Qatar. that's what I was on about when he says that he's Arabic and disabled. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And basically said that he, he, he understands the plight and the um, the issues that surround because he said that you know I am gay, I am disabled, I am this, that, and the I'm other. A migrant worker. Yeah, exactly. Why is it like earns millions and exactly? Yeah, sits in his ivory tower. But also, <laughs> he he likened the whole thing to being bullied for having red hair yeah i mean the very fact that he has decided that that is a worthwhile comparison <laughs> it's oh my god surely someone checked his speech beforehand oh. and wasn't like yep all looks good <laughs> it's just it boggles the mind doesn't it i mean if you ever wanted an example of just how out of touch mm. fifa is the governing body of, of football um how out of touch they are with the world i mean you just had it right there he is a man who's being who's going to get us another term as FIFA president. It's completely uncontested. So there's not mm. even going to be a vote. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's already, I actually thought, could it get any worse than Seb Blatter? Mm. Um, and obviously he came out and said, giving Qatar the World Cup was a mistake a week before the World Cup was due to start or two weeks before it was due to start. He said that. Um, I mean, <sighs> there are times where you sometimes words don't, aren't enough mm. um, because then you, you can't accurately describe the stupidity of these people. Um, but anyway, now that, that we're at this stage, the World Cup has started. Um, what, what's your general feeling about the World Cup? Um, well, I think politics aside, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the football, really. Um, I've enjoyed the games so far, especially obviously the England game, but... Um, I quite enjoyed the opening ceremony as well. I thought it started really slowly, but once it got into it, I quite enjoyed it. But I must admit, I completely missed it. I was I was out and about doing chores, and I didn't get I, back did in time. Did you see this whole thing with BBC and the opening ceremony? Yeah, so apparently so they, they didn't they show gonna, it. Yeah, but I don't know why I watched it on then. Did you watch it on iPlayer? Yeah, yeah, because I think because Gary Neville, sorry, Gary Lineker, sorry, <laughs> tweeted because loads of people are going mad saying you know criticizing the BBC for not showing it and all this kind mm. of stuff. And Gary uh, said, "Look, it's on iPlayer. We we had it on iPlayer. Go and watch it. It was it was streamed live. But then you look in the comments, people were saying, well, no, it wasn't on iPlayer.' But then some are saying, yes, it was. Oh, yeah, because I watched it on iPlayer. Because I saw these tweets saying like so disrespectful that they didn't do it, blah blah blah. And I was like, they did do it because I watched it. But... Yeah, and also apparently the <clears throat> um, the start time of the opening ceremony changed quite late in the day. Right. And BBC had already committed to showing a WSL game." Uh... So I think BBC basically said, well, we're not going to just ditch the WSL yeah, for yeah. this, which I think is quite right. Yeah. Um, and they showed it on the, on the red button on TV right. or you can watch it on iPlayer. Right, so they, they did show it. You just yeah. had to search for it. Um, so, but yeah, I think my feelings towards the whole World Cup is I'm very conflicted, really conflicted because... 
what I'm <coughs> what I'm really worried is going to happen is that kind of what always happens when when huge amounts of money is involved in these sorts of things, which it inevitably, especially with the Middle East, uh-huh. it always is, is that now that the football has started, all of the talk is going to be about the games and about the stories coming out about the games mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And all the media talk and all of the attention surrounding the, the workers' rights, the conditions, the pay disputes or the lack of pay in many cases, um, the fan experiences. I mean, we had trouble today with the fans because they couldn't get yeah, in the game. The game yeah. um, I feel like all of that is going to start becoming sort of page eight news rather yeah. than page one. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of worried that it slips away from people's thoughts and people's um, and, and, uh, coming out of the people's minds because I think that it needs to stay in there. And I think something needs to be done I don't know what, I don't know how, but something needs to be done to make sure that, you know, it's not all just brushed aside just because the football has now finally started. Yeah, I do agree with that. Um, but that's a difficult one, really. I mean, obviously, it's in the country now. It's not going to be changed. Um, and they're not going to suddenly change all their laws because no. they've held a World Cup. I don't think any change will be made whatsoever. I think it's just got to be... <coughs> They've just got to think about these things more in the future when doing these. Because it is, you know, the whole idea of the World Cup is that it's, it brings everyone together. And it. I can see why there's so much contra- controversy about it because of the whole fact that, you know, you can be arrested for so many different things in these sort of countries. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely a case for saying that, you know, you go to a different country, you respect their laws, you yeah, respect their customs. Yeah. You know, we ask people to do that when they come to, mm. to our country. I mean, we are an incredibly tolerant country for some of the things that, that we... putting it nicely. Yeah, that, that we put up with at, at times. But, you know, ultimately, if you're going to another country, in the same way if you go to someone like Australia, they're very mm. strict with their rules mm. for, for outsiders coming in. Um, but I think that, you know, that there's, a, there's a line between just respecting their laws and just being, you know, aware of human right violations mm. and, and that sort of thing. So, you know... The World Cup obviously being awarded um, was ridiculous in the first place. The, the the sheer amount of work that's had to be done in in the twelve years since mm. they were awarded it is is incredible. And I really worry about the legacy of this World Cup because you know places like um, Brazil, uh, Rio, which is where the last World Cup was, yeah. I believe. Um, uh, was it the last one? Russia was. The oh yeah, so one before. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe it was. Yeah, no, it was twenty sixteen, and Africa was. No. Africa was 2010. Yeah. So, so 2014. 2014. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Russia was 2018. Yeah. So I think the, because I think the, or am I thinking of the Olympics? Was the Olympics out in Rio at some point as well? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it was, it was either the Olympics or it was the World Cup or what, something like that. <laughs> um, and basically there was, there was real civil unrest because the government was chucking all this money at these massive stadiums and all these bits and pieces only for the poorest areas of the country to basically be forgotten about, mm. you know, like the slums, you know, the, the, the difference in class out in, in Rio in terms of the, the wealthy and the non-wealthy, it is mental how yeah. big the divide is. Um, and I just wonder when you look at a, a place like that, we've seen other examples of Olympics as well, where stadiums just get completely deserted yeah. Yeah. and going to dis- disrepair. I mean, Qatar is a, is a small country yeah. um, and, we listened to a um, you know another podcast, um, and I don't mind actually advertising a different one for a change because it was really that damn good. It's, if you go and listen to the Football Ramble, and there was a three-part documentary by Kate Mason who sort of goes a bit undercover, if you like, and mm. digs into the Qatar World Cup and the story behind it. 
Um, and it's it's truly astonishing. I mean, she goes to a first class game, you know, a first division game, and there's like thirty people watching. Mm. Um, and we've already seen in every one of these games has not been even remotely near a sellout. No. Um, well, I mean, all the Qatari fans left at half time. Didn't yeah, they? exactly. Um, so, and we, you know, we've seen other examples of fans being paid to to mm. put on a show to make to try and sort of create this fake atmosphere. The, the commentators in the Qatar game were saying that the problem is a lot of the tickets go to VIPs rather than actual fans. Yeah. So, which is you know why half of them just couldn't be asked and left at half time, and then it creates such a dismal atmosphere because yeah. they're not real football fans yeah I mean even in today's game I think they were talking in the England game mm. when he, I think he asked um, was it Jermaine Genius on, on co-coms he said sort of what do you think about the atmosphere he says it's just really weird it's, it feels more like you're at a carnival mm. rather than a sort of an intense football atmosphere so Bring yeah the Vuvuzela. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how that develops as you get to the latter stages of the tournament the bigger games the quarterfinals semi-finals whether we see to a- be fair though I could hear the Senegalese fans in the that game yeah because they're always like dancing and yeah I to be fair watching... carnival atmosphere is yeah I love yeah, watching the it? African fans because they're always proper painted up yeah. and they go absolutely wild and they, they it's almost like they don't watch the game and yeah. watch because yeah. they could be 6-0 down <laughs> yeah, they could. and they still and dance still and go dance nuts away, they love it yeah. um, so and the Wales fans look like they were in their good numbers yeah. today yeah, obviously they're like a lot of Wales fans their first World Cup in like 60 odd years or whatever it is um, so so yeah I am conflicted on it I'm worried about the legacy I'm worried about as I say things being brushed under the carpet you know there's that uh, document that three part documentary I was just talking about they were talking a lot on there about the migrant workers and the conditions Mm. and the money issues and the fact that they were being underpaid compared to what they were promised Um, so I am kind of worried that the Qataris are just sort of waiting for the World Cup to finish everybody's attention turns yeah. goes elsewhere and then they yeah. can effectively just go back to doing whatever the fuck they want without mm-hmm. the world media staring yeah. at them so yeah I am conflicted but at the same time it is a World Cup it only happens once every four years yeah. um, so you know and and, and England's you know they've got a, they've got a shot you it's know. coming home <laughs> yeah they're, they're in they're in with half a shot I think you know I'm trying to think about, I mean Argentina seem to be a lot of people's favourites yeah, personally, I'd go Brazil over Argentina, but um, so yeah, uh, that that's kind of my feelings on it. Um, I don't. I, I suspect a lot of people are saying I know of people who have boycotted the entire World Cup. Really? Yeah, I know people at work have, have refused. What, football fans. Yeah, football, genuine football fans. Yeah, yeah. They've said that they don't think that it should it should have ever been awarded. They don't think that it's it's right that football is being played at the cost of human life, effectively. Um, and the thing I find myself very hard. To disagree with them, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't turn around and say what you're talking about. Just watch the football mm-hmm. because it's it, they're correct. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out. Whether we'll get any more stories of of, <laughs> of things going on in in the fan villages, and obviously, I the, think, like you say, it'll majority be all about the football now. Though, yeah, the interesting about the um, the Budweiser though, <laughs> dropping the uh, alcohol purchase at stadiums in our stadiums. What, what, three days before the World Cup started, mm. when your tournament sponsor your is Budweiser, sponsor, yeah. so yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that went <laughs> down too yeah. well. Um, right, let's um, let's move on and talk about Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Can't keep himself out of the news. No. We talked about it last week. We talked about some of the quotes that have come out. Obviously, the interview has now come out in its entirety. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you've watched the entire thing. I, I've seen most of it. 
or in, in various I've moments. I've seen like the majority of all the clips. I I didn't really want to watch the, the no. whole interview, but I pretty much know everything that was said. I mean, well, what's your when you as a Man United fan mm. when you see you know a player of Ronaldo stature not only within Manchester United but within the world game? How do you feel when you see a player coming out and being so public in his criticisms about everything to do with the club? It's difficult because I'm. Some of it, I completely agree with him. Like the whole, the Glazer thing, you know, and the club and how bad the club's being run and how bad all the facilities are and nothing's changed. I'm kind of glad that he's brought that out and brought that into the sort of, what do you call it, the limelight? Yeah. The spotlight. Um, because every New United fan knows how bad it is, um, but it just constantly gets swept under the rug with new fancy signings. And I'm sure this won't be any different. I'm sure we'll just... You know, they'll just quiet all the fans down with fancy signings. I don't think anything will ever change, unfortunately. But it's all the other stuff, really. Him publicly criticising Ranić and saying he had no idea who he was, I think is very unfair and harsh. It's just not needed. No. It's just absolutely not necessary. No. But yeah, he said that Ollie should have been given more time. When Ollie was running the club into the ground yeah, himself at he that was point. Probably, well, I would say one of our worst managers ever. Um, but it's because he's one of his mates, isn't it? Mm. Um, and, you know, the stuff he said about Ten Hag, that he doesn't respect him, he doesn't respect him. and I don't I don't understand where that comes from because he's started nine of the last 13 games. Mm. He was made captain for the last yeah, game. Yeah. Where's where's this respect? I mean, bearing in mind everything that Ronaldo has, has done. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know he went through a tough time in the summer with his daughter. Um, there were some accusations around that about whether or not certain executives, I think he was referring to um, Richard Arnold, Richard Arnold yeah. um, as to you know whether <coughs> they believed him or not. But ultimately, he came back. He wasn't sharp. He got slowly integrated back into the team. The stats prove that things have been better without him. So I know he's Ronaldo, but at the same time, he's still just a player. If the team yeah. is performing better without him, why should the manager bend over backwards to include him just because he's Ronaldo? Mm, I the problem is, I mean, it, it very much has been a Ronaldo show since he came back, um, which is a shame because I think, you know, the, the newspapers should have had Garnacho across the front yeah. with him scoring that goal. And unfortunately, they turned straight away to the whole Ronaldo fiasco. Yeah. Um, and even when like he was asked, you know, which players he sort of respects and sort of looks up to, etc. And the players he said for United were Martinez, um, Casemiro, and I think De Gea, maybe. So just the senior players then, basically. Yeah, but not Bruno, who's his teammate for Portugal. Mm. No, it wasn't De Gea, it was Delo. So oh, yes. Delo, who plays for Portugal, obviously, but not Bruno, which was quite interesting. So I don't know if that's why Bruno was maybe a bit frosty in these sort of videos. Yeah, that was a weird one, wasn't it? Because we, we it all came out and it, it, it looked very frosty. I mean... Mm. Um, I think it was Jao Mario came out for Portugal and said, "Oh no, no, it was just a, it was an in joke about something." And I'm sorry, but you look at the facial yeah. reaction. That was there was no joke there, yeah. absolutely not. Um, so yeah, it's it's um, is is there a way back for Ronaldo? No, not at all. Not not United. No, he can't come out and say all that because the problem is now that if he comes back and starts playing games, it just sort of says to every other player that the club have no power over these players. Mm. Um, I mean, Ten Hag's really got to put him to the sword and sell him. Um, I mean, I think he should have been sold in the summer anyway. <laughs> but yeah, there's no, there's 100% no way back after that. I, I think Ronaldo knows that. I think he knows that he's off in January. Yeah, I mean, 
the, possibly the worst person to get the interview was Piers Morgan. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't even an interview. It was, there was no challenge in anything he said. He just had his tongue up his ass the entire... Yeah, I mean, he was even laughing and joking with him <coughs> at one point about um, his qualities as a player. Mm. And actually, I don't know if you saw this, but um, he went on Talk Sport with Jim yes, and, I did see that, and yeah. Simon. And Simon yeah. tore him to pieces over that. Um, and when you when you when you go up against Simon, you better be prepared. Mm. You need to have your facts straight. You need yeah. to be prepared for a bit of a tongue lashing. And I think there was one particular point that Simon made, which I 100% agree with. You know, Piers Morgan was unbelievably critical mm. of the Harry and Meghan interview with uh, Oprah Winfrey because Oprah didn't challenge anything. She didn't yeah. ask for specifics or anything like that. And Piers, Piers Morgan effectively lost his job over that interview because of the furore that created. Mm. And then he had excuse me, an argument with the weatherman or wherever it was. He walked out and walked out on the employer and all that kind of stuff. And he's effectively done the same thing yeah. with Ronaldo. He didn't He didn't once question him on a specific. He didn't say, give me give me some names. Why did you do this? Did you think that was wrong? You know, he. <laughs> it was it was effectively just a, a glorified um, chat slash... Yeah, it was just like for? he was having a chat with a mate. And it, just was, like, it was almost like a speech. And Ronaldo was getting everything off his chest. Yeah. And, and, um, it was a confession like, yeah, uh, and at the Piers church. Piers was just blowing wind up his ass. Yeah, so, I mean, Piers... I mean, Piers I mean, the only thing you could say for him, you could say, fair play, you're the one that got the interview, you're the one that's yeah, generating all this. he's made a fair amount of money off He's made a ton of money yeah. off that, no doubt. And he'll be getting phone calls left, right and centre for mm. further interviews. Um, so he's happy. He's yeah. got what he wanted out of it. Ronaldo's got what he wanted out of it. Yeah. Everyone's a winner except Man United mm. and, and Ten Hag. Um, Ten Hag is, you know, doing the best job he can under pretty difficult circumstances, all things considered. Um there's you know flashes of of light at the end of the tunnel mm. with with some of the performances and some of the way things have been going, and I genuinely just think that Ronaldo is 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 a poison at the moment inside this Man United team, and I think the quicker he goes, yeah, he just needs to leave and just. I mean, I'd, do you I'd, think it tarnishes his legacy with the club? No, I don't think so because you know Ollie. I was getting sick of Ollie towards the end of his time at United as the manager. But I still look at him as this great player that he was, um, and it would be the same Ronaldo. I won't remember Ronaldo for this stint at United. I'll remember him for the his original stint at yeah. United. Yeah, I think that's the. From what I've seen, that's the case with most United fans. They're sort of like, right, time time for you to go. Thanks mm. for the memories. But I think go. the problem with Ronaldo, he's just not come to terms with the fact that he's not the player he used to be. I think he still thinks he's this twenty year old Cristiano Ronaldo that's you know top of his game and. He still wants to be playing at the top of his game, and he's just got to accept that he's nearly thirty-eight. Yeah, like, you can't. It's it's making his um, <coughs> his sort of descent into retirement, which is mm. a million miles away. I mean, he said he wants to go to forty, which is only two years away. Yeah, um, it's making his descent unnecessarily undignified. Um, you know, he's it's it was almost like a, the, the, this entire thing was was actual categorical evidence of his refusal to accept yeah. his own limitations and yeah. his own decline. Um, and it's 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 going to get ugly because if he is so convinced, I mean, you've only got to look at the petty comments he made about Rooney, mm. about um, the fact that, you know, that I'm still playing and he's not, and, you know, I'm, I'm better looking. It yeah. is in effect what he yeah. said. I mean, that's so childish and petty, mm-hmm. especially when you look at what Rooney said. I don't think he actually criticised Ronaldo. No. Um, in particular, anyway, and I, I don't know if he, <laughs> I don't know if it was a joke and made up, but apparently, um, I saw something that Rudy's yeah, response was, thing. yeah, about that we're both on the bench. So, um, yeah, I, I think he just needs to go. He, he, <coughs> he needs to, um, he needs to move on. 
Bayern Munich have been touted with an interest, but then I said, I've also heard them come out and decline that. Yeah. I mean, what club is going to want him? God knows. I mean, especially he'll want to go to a Champions League team, won't he? I think there'll be a lot of teams that want him. It just depends a lot on him whether he takes like a wage cut. It's, I because sporting I mean, is the I, only way I can... Yeah, I imagine if he said, I'll play for 100 grand a week... But I want Champions League football. I think a lot of teams would pay him 100 grand a week to play Champions League football. Yeah. So. Probably because they'll get a good return on yeah, it. Yeah, and shirt sales, they'll probably make that back instantly. Yeah. But it just depends, obviously, what. It's not like he needs the money. If he wants to be playing Champions League football for as long as possible, I think he needs to lower his wage demands. He's going to have to. Yeah, mm. there's no way. Because uh, he's not going to get a top, top Champions League team. He's going to no. have to settle for a. And the beating. Is 100 grand a week isn't a lot of money. <laughs> well, no, I know he's crazy, isn't it? But I mean, I don't know what he's probably on 300, 400k, he's at five, 500k United. United. So, yeah, he's gonna have to take a humongous wage mm. drop to go to a club that's in the Champions League that, that's gonna want him or that's prepared to pay Two him. Two million pounds a month, yeah, that's quite obscene, isn't it? It's not bad, is it? I mean, I, I can't be asked to do the math, but I suspect I'd probably have to work for about 20 years to earn that. I probably won't ever work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, no, you're right. 20 years would not be anywhere near enough. It's not more two about, million, about no. 50 years. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, okay. Um, right, well, realistically, that's uh, that's about it for tonight. Yeah. Um, so just to... Do the yeah, we'll do the, we'll do the stat before we go. Um, just a quick reminder, next week's show will be recorded on the Tuesday and released on the Wednesday, um, just so that it gives us the opportunity to react to the England game, or both England games, because we'll obviously have the Friday game to talk about. Um, and then we'll sort of, we'll play it by ear, I suppose, for the rest of the World Cup, in terms of how the draw pans out, yeah. when England's games are. We don't want to be talking about an England game from five days previous. So you might find that the schedule hops about a little bit for the duration of the World Cup, um, before the, the, the Premier League comes uh, comes back to us. So, right, um, let's run out the show then with this. Down the stack, man. So England recorded their biggest ever victory in their opening match at a major tournament and scored six goals in a major tournament game for the only the second time in their history. Also doing so against Panama. Yeah. What was the score? Was it six one? Yeah. Yeah, they did didn't they did didn't they get a penalty? Can't, can't remember how they scored. Yeah, I remember. remember Jesse Lingard scoring a uh, <coughs> bit of a beauty in that game. <laughs> so, right. Okay. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, we will be back on, as I say, next Wednesday. If you're about for the live stream, do check us out. I'll make sure I put the link on socials, but just search for Kickabout Pod on Twitch. Give us a follow and make sure you uh, ring the hit the bell for the notification so you know when we've gone live. But we will be yeah live streaming the game from is it seven o'clock the game starts yeah, um, and then we'll do the podcast afterwards for releasing the normal places on the Wednesday. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll see you all next week. See you later.